And we're going to make our way down, the Lord willing, through this psalm today, this glorious psalm. We're going to see David continuing to bless and praise the Lord for his person, for his deeds. And this psalm, and then the Lord willing, next week, Psalm 106, these are called historical psalms. And they're called historical psalms because we get, you know, a, a, a summed up record of many of the glorious things that God did in the nation of Israel, especially in Psalm 105. And Psalm 106, it is a picture of even, you know, at God's patience and, you know, correction towards Israel and so forth. This morning, we'll really see uh, David recapping much of the time from Adam down through Moses. And this all revolves around, again, giving thanks for God and his faithfulness, his covenants, uh, his interaction, his protection upon his people. And so as we get down through this, we're going to start here talking about giving thanks as it sets the tone. And then as we're going through this and recalling these things, and there's all kinds of little encouragements and nuggets for us as we go down through this historical psalm. But one thing we want to remember, let's give thanks to God. Oh yeah, God did this with Abraham. Let's give thanks to God. God did this through Jacob. Let's give praise to God. Let's give thanks to the Lord with Joseph and Moses and so forth. That's really the theme of the psalm that's before us. Let's read the first verse. And then again, we're gonna make our way down through here. The first five verses or so, just kind of setting the table. And then he starts into this historical record. He says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. And notice how he starts this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And one thing that, you know, it's been pressed on me for years to talk about, it is one of our highest callings, and that is to be a thankful people. To be a people to give thanksgiving to God, no matter what's going on, whether we're up on the hilltop, whether we're down in the valley, whether in the midst of great outpouring of blessing or in trial or tribulation, to give thanks to our God. Listen, when you give thanks to God, when you become a thankful person, it will absolutely impact your heart, your mind, even the direction of your life. Giving thanks to God makes all the difference in the world. And we see that it's God's, again, one of, one of God's high calls upon us. Again, reel off a few of these verses just real quick to help establish this and lay the groundwork for the great importance to being a thankful people who give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Notice in, do you see that word there? Everything. Doesn't say in some things, doesn't say when you feel like it, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And you've heard me say this many times. You may have come in here this morning saying, well, what's God's will for my life? Well, I can tell you three things for sure. To pray without ceasing, to rejoice always, and in everything give thanks. Can we say amen to that right off the bat? Notice Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in everything we do, and let's face it, there's some things we do that we don't want to give thanks, especially in those things. Let's give thanks. Oh, thank you, Lord. I go get, get to go fix that flat tire, you know? Oh, thank you, Lord. I get to clean up that bathroom after these kids have just come in like savages, you know? Giving thanks to the Lord in all that we do. Philippians 4, 6, we're familiar with it. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, and this is a huge part of it, with thanksgiving. 
Let your request be made known to God and notice the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's a peace that comes when we give thanks, when we acknowledge God. When we say, I wanna lay my burdens down at God's feet, I wanna give praise to God and I wanna do it all with thanksgiving. And we can do that knowing that again, God is going before us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us as we were reminded of last week that he works all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes and let me tell you when you lay down your burdens before god giving him thanks what replaces those burdens is a peace from upon high that guards your heart guards your mind i don't know about you but my heart my mind need to be guarded in this world that we're living in right now and I also want to be able to walk around with a supernatural peace when everyone's fretting and running around They're like, why are you so peaceful? Because of my God, because my God is good, because I can lay my burdens at God's feet. I can take up his promises and he gives a supernatural peace in my heart and my life to the spirit of God who he has sealed me with when by his grace and mercy, I called upon his name. And I'll tell you, when we're a thankful people, it also sets us apart from a fallen world. And we look around and we see it's such a fallen world. It's a dark place. It's a world where people desperately, desperately need the Lord Jesus Christ. It's really a vile world. It's a world that we're living in where that which is good is more and more being called evil and that which is evil is being called good. And I I don't need to go on a rant here about all of it. You guys know we're living in times that are delusional. And I want to be set apart from that, not out of self-righteousness, but to shine for the Lord and to be a worshiper of God versus, again, looking like, uh, you know, a hater of God. And when we're thankful to God, it sets us apart from the world around us. Notice Romans one twenty one: because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. And this is huge, nor were thankful. And what did that produce? They became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. And we are where we are, you know, in so many, uh, you know, areas in this nation, in this world, because of a lack of thankfulness to God Almighty. Have you noticed it? People just take for granted blessings and God's goodness and even the sun coming up, the moon following behind it, breath in our lungs, our provisions and so forth. Let's be set apart from that. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And then he says, call upon his name. And let me tell you, calling upon his name is best done after first giving thanks to God. So many times like, oh, this guy got to bring it all to God. Listen, God knows all this going on. Start by giving thanks to God. Give him praise to God, glorifying God. Again, it will even set our mind in the right place, remembering that God is so much greater than these little issues going on over here. They're big to us and they're important, but to God, again, it's not that they're not important, but they're small. He's God Almighty. And we need to be reminding even ourselves, preaching to ourselves through giving thanks and glory to God, who our God is to remember. Well, I got giants over here in my life, but I serve the giant God of the entire world and I'm in his hands. And then he says, make known his deeds among the people. And let me tell you, the more you become a thankful person to God Almighty, the more you're gonna make known his deeds and it's gonna be something that just supernaturally flows out of that fellowship with the Lord. And we wanna be found of people doing that. 
Colossians 1.28, we preach, or him we preach, warning every man, and notice teaching every man, and all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his workings, which he works, might, works in me mightily. And so again, we want to give thanks. We want to call on his name. And the, there's an order in this. Out of that comes unction to want to make known his deeds among the people. Again, out in the world, absolutely. And let me give you a little insider here, a little, little tip. One great way to be able to make known the deeds of God to the people around you is when they go, hey, how's it going? It's going great. I'm thankful to God. He's on the throne. People, oh, man, I'm, I'm waiting for a door to open. Doors are open all over the place. We just got to step back and, you know what, ask God for a little wisdom and seize those opportunities. And I'll tell you, just a little praise to God like that, a thanksgiving to God. People take note of that. That is not the speech of the world. And it might just be something that, you know, it encourages a closet Christian to come out of that closet. It might be something that just plants the seed in an unbeliever. It might be a word that just builds up a fellow brother and sister, but we want to make known his deeds among the people out there. And listen, we all also want to do that amongst the brothers and sisters in the Lord. You know what? Make, make known the deeds among the people. Yeah, we have a prayer closet where we give praise to god and then it's so important that we come to the assembly of the brothers and sisters and we say let's make known the deeds we've done that this morning and lift our voices to the lord wasn't that an awesome time of worship in here it was so good now notice four or excuse me two through four it says sing to him sing songs to him talk of his wondrous works glorify his holy name let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Notice the emphasis is on him. The emphasis is not upon men. The emphasis is to praise him, sing to him, glorify him, to seek after him. Let's remember that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father lights. It comes from him to him be the glory the honor to him be the praise i love how david ended last week's psalm there in psalm 104 33 i will sing to the lord notice as long as i live i will sing praise to my god why have my being oh lord give us a heart such as that can we say amen to that lord give us the heart that david has where he says bless the lord oh my soul and all that's within me i want to give it all to god and Lord, what I haven't given to you, Lord, come and get hold of it and even change my, main, my mind and build my faith to lay it all down before you. One thing you'll notice, listen, if you haven't observed this, the people who give thanks to God, sing to God, praise God, seek after God, have you noticed they have the joy of God? And have you noticed those who want to just bring glory to men, complain and seek after self, they don't have that joy. It's lacking. I'm sure we've all observed it in our own lives before. You ever have a day where all you do is complain all day? Do you have joy in that day? And listen, is the spirit of God just flowing in your life in that day? Or do you notice there's kind of a grieving, a quenching of God going on in our lives? Giving thanks to God, giving praise to God will change your life. Listen, people spend thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, at times. And I know sometimes there can be other factors involved and so forth, you know, things changing in our bodies and so forth. 
but so much of, 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 of what's needed to abound in joy and to have a right outlook in life goes back to giving thanks to God. And there's some people who spend thousands of dollars going to the ex, this expert and that expert and so forth when all they need to do is open up the word where it says, give thanks to God, sing to God, praise to God. Well, I don't feel like doing it. Well, listen, we got to do things we don't feel like doing at times in life. You make those feelings subjected to the call to give thanks to God, give praise to God, absolutely to lift up your voice even when you don't feel like it. And I'll tell you, God will come. And I think sometimes that's when worship's the best because we're like, I'm gonna worship anyway. I don't feel like it. I can count a list of a hundred things of what's going wrong, but I'll tell you, if there's a hundred things going wrong, there's a hundred thousand things going right. And even those things going wrong, we have the promise that God will even use those again for our good and for his glory. And again, notice in this, let the hearts of those who rejoice, seek the Lord, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face evermore and one of the chief ways we seek the lord and we get strength is through what we're talking about thanksgiving praise talking of the lord singing to the lord as it says there in nehemiah eight ten, do not sorrow for the joy of the lord is your strength giving praise and thanks birth birth births joy and strength in the life of the believer again as he says let's seek his face evermore now notice verse five he says, remember. So he says, gives us this charge to give thanks, to seek him and so forth, to speak of him. And then he says, remember his marvelous works, which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. So we got a call to remember his marvelous works, wonders and judgments. And we are charged and told to remember. And the reason that we are charged and told to remember is because we so often forget and we need to be reminded to remember. We forget. I mean, how many times when something's going on and you know, there's some trial, some tribulation, whatever, and we have already forgotten how God saw us through last week. And we have forgotten all of the, you know what, glorious accounts of God's faithfulness to his people throughout the word of God, down through the corridors of time, how quickly we forget. How quickly do we get going in the world and, you know what, about our business. And again, we forget God's holy scriptures. We forget who our God is. At times we forget who we are in the Lord. And we are charged to remember we're charged to remind one another, again, to exhort one another. And I'll tell you, when we forget the Lord, nothing good comes out of that whatsoever. And you see it throughout scripture. In Judges 3, they forgot the Lord, verse 7. So the children of Israel did evil on the side of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Just as a result of forgetting the Lord, not remembering Psalm 78, 9, the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. You guys, this is a day of battle, not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. Now's not the time to turn back. Now's the time to forge forward in the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. Notice, and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown to them. I run into a lot of people who once professed the name of the Lord. Some still profess the name of the Lord. There was a point when they did 
engage in the battle and they forge forward and you'd hear him declaring the works of god to believers and unbelievers and so forth and then they just came to the place where they turned back and here they are living their life and they have forgotten they have forgotten his works they have forgotten his wonders and so oftentimes they just want to sit there and focus in on bitterness and little wrongs and i went to a church and someone stabbed me in the back well they crucified your savior you should have got briefed when you came to the lord things are going to happen it's a fallen world but are you forgetting that jesus died for your sins he rose from the grave he is giving you again the beat of your heart the blood's pumping through your veins because of him he provided the rain you know so we can take showers and drink water and the food that we eat let's remember the lord amen let's not forget and if you have forgotten listen start remembering also hosea 13 6 when they had pasture they were filled they were filled and their heart was exalted therefore they forgot me sometimes again it comes through trials and bitterness that people forget the lord and sometimes in the midst of being you know having blessings heaped upon us we forget the blesser and we just get focused on the blessings let's not forget the lord let's remember as we're charged to remember here we need to know again the devil the world even our flesh works hard to try to just to forget about the lord and just focus on other and other means just anything but the lord devil take any he doesn't care what it is as long as it's not the lord and again the world the word reminds us the pulpit should remind us we should remind ourselves you see in second peter one and a few verses peter just saying i'm here to remind you i am reminding you when i'm gone i'm going to make sure there's someone who reminds you paul writes to those in philippi and he says it's not tedious for me to remind you it's not dull it's not something where it's like oh i gotta remind them again and if you notice if you go through the word of god there's a lot of the same things said in the same ways and sometimes said in a different way but it's the same thing being said over and 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 over again and he says it's not tedious for me and it's for your good and it's for our good we need to be reminded and we need to remember and he says to remember O seed of abraham his servant you children of jacob his chosen ones so he's talking again to the seed of abraham the children of jacob those chosen by the lord and let me tell you that includes us this morning in the lord jesus christ is he your lord can you say amen to that today then listen we are sons and daughters of abraham through faith abraham believed god and it was accounted to him as righteousness listen at that point there was no nation of israel there were no jews we know that abraham lived east of the jordan he worshiped idols with his father nahor they had an understanding that a savior was going to come and god met abraham where he was and said hey come and follow me and i'll make you a nation i'll multiply the people through you and through you i'll bring the savior of the world but again abraham was established through faith in the lord and when we put faith in the lord indeed we become children of abraham we become absolutely spiritually we become jews as we read there in romans and we can know that we chose him because he first chose us he's faithful to us and let's remember that we're a royal priesthood we are a special people to god almighty 
And we want to remember that. Listen, this is also a charge to natural Israel, which we also talk much about there in the book of Romans. This nation separated through Abraham, birthed through Isaac, and then Jacob, Israel that came forth. It was birthed forth through Abraham's faith in the Lord, chosen by God to do what above everything? To bring the Savior of the world, you know, through a nation set aside. And we know absolutely Jesus Christ, he did that. And we know that God made an everlasting covenant with natural Israel. Yes, in Christ, we're spiritual Israel, whether we're Jew or Gentile. But you better believe God is not done with natural Israel. Because if God's done with natural Israel, then it means that God forgets his covenants and we're all in trouble. But see, God remembers his covenants and we need to remember God. Because we know they're from Romans. And again, Romans 9, 10, and 11, those chapters go deep into it. But as it says there in Romans eleven twenty six, and so all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he'll turn away in godliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And that's important for us to remember that. Because as we move deeper into the psalm, we're going to read a lot about, again, covenants and so forth. And we want to give thanks to God because he is faithful in those covenants even when we are faithless. Even as with Israel, the bulk of Israel rejected Christ. A remnant believed and there's always been a remnant who believes. But Abraham believed what God said that again a nation would be birthed and all that nation would follow the Lord and the Messiah would rule over the nation. And so God is faithful to again his covenants to us. And now he starts down this list of, again, things for us to remember. So many good things here for us. Notice 7 through 12. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant which he made with Abraham. And the oath to Isaac. And confirmed it to Jacob for his statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant saying to you I will give the land of Canaan as, a, as the allotment of your inheritance when they were few in number indeed very few and strangers in it. And in this we're going to see David taking us from about Genesis 12 down through um, much of Exodus covering you know kind of in a nutshell five or so books of the bible there so he says the lord our god and indeed he is our god and that's a praise right there that's something to be thankful right there his judgments stand and rule and he remembers his covenants and it says here he remembers them forever when we read a thousand generations in the bible that's bible talk for forever you can say that's bible slang. even when jesus talked to peter and he says how many times do i need to forgive him and the lord says seven times 70 that doesn't mean you get a chart here oh 483 we're getting near you know we're getting near the the 490 here we're you know at 491 i don't have to forgive you anymore i'm freed i'm liberated you know no this is bible talk for forever a thousand generations and praise god as followers of Christ, we are partakers of the new covenant that Jesus even instituted there at Passover when he talked about his broken body and his shed blood. Through his shed blood, again, washing us of our sin, we have entered into the new covenant. 
And God is faithful to keep that covenant with us. We have security in Christ. That's good news this morning. Then when you call upon the Lord, and again, there's, there, there's lip service to God, and then there's genuinely calling upon the Lord. And when we call upon the Lord, we enter into covenant with God, and he remembers his covenant forever. That's just so glorious because, again, in, in, in the Lord, we have good days and we have bad days. And really, by the Lord's standards, none of us measure up to his standards practically, even on the good day. We're in trouble, and God's standard is perfection. But Christ died for our sins, the perfect Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. He rose from the grave. And absolutely, when we come to faith in him, we enter into that covenant and we're covered by the blood of the lamb or the life of christ we go from underneath the law that damned us to coming into grace that saves us and god remembers that and aren't you glad for that this morning he remembers i love hebrews 12 22 it says but you have come to mount zion and to the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood sprinkling that speaks of better things than that of Abel. That's what you have come to and so much more in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he remembers that covenant. He's also talking here about remembering again his covenants with Abraham, Isaac, and Israel or Jacob. To, as he says here, to inherit the land of Canaan. We talked a lot about this on Wednesday night. To become a great nation. And then more so and above everything, to bless all the families of the earth. And how does, has he done that? Through Jesus coming through Israel. As prophesied throughout the Old Testament. Again, let's look at that promise when it was first given there in Genesis 12.1. He says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out from your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you and I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you, make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And then notice here, this is still true today. God remembers his covenants, amen. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families there shall be blessed. Let me ask you again, is he your Lord today? Can you say amen to that? Wouldn't you say that you are blessed? Listen, that's in part because Abram heeded that call and had faith in the Lord and God birthed that nation through Abraham that through that nation came the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins. And indeed, I can say, thank you, Lord. You're faithful to your covenants. Here we are way down here in time and yet we are partakers and we are blessed. Give thanks to God, give praise to God. Also in this, he makes it a point to talk about lamb. To talk about land allotted and deeded and given to Israel. Hear this this morning. That has not changed. There's a lot of liars out there saying, boy, Israel, you know, they're in occupied territory. You know, they've taken that which does not belong to them. God gave them that land. And the Bible even talks about judgments upon those that would come up and try to divide his land. And a lot of that goes on in the tribulation is in part wrath brought on this world because this world not acknowledging the covenants of God and even land deeded by God. We read in Genesis 13, 12, Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan 
And then if you drop down to verse 14, he said to Abram, lift your eyes, lift, lift your eyes down and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready for it? If you're like, well, God's done with natural Israel. Notice what it says here, to you and your descendants forever. And some will say, well, they are the church is Israel now. No, no, no. Listen, we are part of, again, spiritual Israel, but this is reiterated throughout the word of God. Listen, God's faithful when we're faithless and he's been faithful to Israel despite so much faithlessness to God Almighty. He keeps his covenants. Otherwise, we're all in trouble here in this room. Some will say, well, how will God keep his covenants to Israel? There's so many dirty Jews in the world running things. Well, he kept his covenant with me and with you. We're all sinners in this room, are we not? And it's all the more to the glory of God that he would even say, listen, I'm gonna be faithful even to a people that rejected my son and his first coming outside of a remnant. This is why in these last days, God's regathered Israel they're in, you know, it was the land of Canaan and that is now, again, the land of Israel. And listen, her borders, we talked about it Wednesday night, go so much farther than where she even is at. And so God is faithful to his covenant. And listen, he gave this to Abraham, even it says when they were very few and strangers in the land. Again, it started just with Abraham and his wife, there was a few that tagged along and that was problematic. And then we know God, when he was 100 years old, brought Isaac along. And then just as it, it was just kind of a big stone that just took a lot to get going. And once it get going, it got going and it just kept, kept rolling. Strangers in that land. Notice 13 through 15. And when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. And really what's amazing about this here, again, God's great goodness, God's faithfulness, this should really help us to understand, again, how faithful God is to the covenants that he makes with his people. Because most of this rebuking of kings for the sake of Abraham came as a result of Abraham being a knucklehead and Abraham not walking in faith like he should have. Can we relate this morning? Because <laughs> we know God, again, got Abraham finally there to Canaan after some hiccups and so forth. And then we read in Genesis 12, again, later after giving that promise that a famine came into the land. And we don't read about Abraham consulting the Lord or seeking the Lord, but him just saying, what are we gonna do? And the next thing you know, he's down in Egypt. And for the most part, Egypt in the scripture is a picture of the world. And instead of him resting in the Lord, he said, well, listen, let's do it the world's way. Let's forget God here for a moment because we need to get fed. We'll do it the world's way. And in that, again, we know that Abram, did marry his half-sister Sarah. Genetically, that was still acceptable in the law. Moses had not been given yet to forbid that. So Abraham was good before the Lord in that. But it was his half-sister, and the Bible says that she was beautiful to behold. And then Abraham, leaning on his own understanding, said, boy, when I get down there, Pharaoh's gonna want my wife, and that might cost me my neck, so tell everyone you're my sister. That's not a good way to 
husbandry, guys. That's not what God's called us to. I'll just save me, you know what? I'll throw you out there and I'll save myself. And he got down there and obviously she was beautiful because Pharaoh, like, you know, I'm interested. Who's the new girl in town, you know? And Pharaoh kind of takes her into his home. We, We know that God restrained him for many things. But we read there in Genesis, uh, where is that? Genesis 12, 17. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abraham's wife. And somehow Pharaoh figured that out. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here's your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. And he also even sent him off with all these blessings. And that's God being faithful to his covenant. Even when Abraham was not walking in the type of faith God wants us to walk, God was faithful and God protected. Aren't you glad that God protects us when we make bad decisions? Well, you're like, well, not me. You know, I make it. All of us in this room, again, even to think that, that's a really bad decision to even think that. And he protects us. And you would think Abraham would have learned, but we read later on in Genesis 20, and he's down in the land of Gerar, and there's another king named Abimelech, which that's a title of a kingship like Pharaoh is a title. And what's he do? He says the same thing. You need to tell everyone you're my sister because you're beautiful. And listen, they might come and kill me to take you as a wife. So, okay, sis, you got that? And she's probably rolling her eyes. What have I gotten into here and whatnot, you know? And notice Genesis 21, and Abraham journeyed uh, from there to the south and dwelt in Kadesh and Shur and stayed there in Gerar. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said, indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman which you have taken, for she's a man's wife. And then Abimelech pleads with God, well, I haven't even touched her. And God says, that's because I restrained your hand. Don't start pleading yourself, right, Abimelech. I restrain you. And that's how we know God is the restrainer. (laughs) Many verses like that. Aren't you glad that God is faithful, not only when we're knuckleheads, but when we do the same knuckleheaded thing again? Now, this isn't encouraging us to say, well, let's be a knucklehead and God will be faithful. Listen, God will always also chasten us. In fact, even in this, uh, Abimelech rebukes Abraham because he says, take your sister and be gone. Like, that's a burn, dude. But we rejoice that God's faithful to us. Listen, give thanks to God because he's faithful of his covenants and how many times as people in covenant with the lord jesus we do do something that is rebellious something that again is is not upright or just you know just certain things we're trying to work through and so forth and that devil comes in oh boy that covenant's gone now you're not saved anymore no god's faithful to his people he'll also be faithful to correct us and if the correction's not there we're illegitimate but god is faithful to his covenants listen jesus shed his blood to keep his people one other note here he says he said to them do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm in other words if you touch them i am going to correct you now this is one of these verses that oftentimes gets taken out of context Listen, this is 100% true concerning true servants of God. 
And many people lack a fear of God and they'll even go after people truly serving God for their own selfish purposes. And this is a warning against those people because here's the thing, if someone's really serving the Lord, they're gonna get real used to there being slander against them and things that come up, it's par for the course. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And the Lord's even told us to rejoice in that day. Thank you, Lord, they're speaking bad about me because I'm serving Jesus. Because he says, great is your reward. God's gonna see his people through. But here's the thing when that happens, when you're coming against that ministry or message that is of the Lord, Listen, there's that possibility of stumbling others and keeping them from coming to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there should be a fear of God in our hearts concerning such things. Now, listen, this is 100% not true concerning false prophets who use this verse to bully simpletons. You know, preaching a false gospel, a false narrative to pad pockets. Do not come against God's anointed. You know, you've heard that before. Bro, you're not anointed and you're not a prophet of God. You're peddling a false gospel. And God will contend with such either now or later. And they're better off if it's now than later. Verse 16, moreover, he called for a famine in the land and destroyed all the provision of bread. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought God was faithful to his covenants. He called for a famine? Indeed, he did. A famine, and he called for a season of destruction in a fallen world to help bring about his plans. And we'll see here in a second, out of this famine, he greatly multiplied his people. He absolutely showed his might and power not only to his people, but all the world. And he also gave them a great picture of the Savior to come, the Lamb of God, who would take away the sins of the world through Passover that he would institute. Listen, the Bible also talks about famines in the last days in part to get men to look up. This world that we're in right now on these birth pains, Lord's allowing a lot of this to get people stirred up to grope after him. We need to remember that in the bigger picture of things unfolding around us. Now notice 17 through 22. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. And they hurt his feet with fetters and laid him in irons until the time that his word came to pass the word of the lord tested him the king sent and released him the ruler of the people let him go free he made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom and we're familiar with this account we know that joseph's brothers again abraham isaac then isaac had jacob his name was changed to israel he had 12 sons We know that, again, 10 of those sons, those youngest one wasn't born yet, were jealous of Joseph, who was the son of Rebekah, Israel's favorite wife. And again, yes, he had multiple wives. It never worked out good in the Bible. Polygamy is not a good idea. They thought they were helping God out and fulfilling the promise of them becoming a great nation. And again, God's long-suffering and whatnot. So again, they were jealous of Joseph. Remember, he had the coat of many colors and they were off, you know, attending to their father's business. Joseph came to check on him like, here comes that dreamer. And we know how the account goes. He gets up, thrown into a pit. They take his robe, they dip it in, you know, at blood and they tell the father, you know, what he was, must've been devoured, you know, by a wild beast. And really they sold their brother into slavery. Boy, what a dirty deal there. 
It says they hurt his feet with fetters and laid, and he was laid in irons. That's a new insight that we don't have earlier in Genesis. And the thought that I just had is in Romans where it talks about the beautiful feet of those that share the gospel and how the enemy is opposed to those feet. The enemy wants to try to stop that because we know Joseph was moving in the prophetic while his brothers were moving in carnality. But praise God, listen, God works it all for good and God goes before his people. It says here that this was a test that the Lord tested him for a time for about 10 years, it seems, as we look at the scripture. Would Joseph deny the Lord or trust in the Lord? And Joseph, again, God would bless him when he was in prison and in captivity and yet at the same time again is it a blessing really to be in captivity even if you're blessed in captivity in the sense that you've had even visions of being so much more than where you're at and then we even know there in Potiphar's house that his wife pursued him daily and tried to get him to lay with her and he could have easily just said this is unfair i'm just gonna indulge you know what this is everything that's happened to me unfair so i should at least be able to partake of that that's how a lot of people end up getting deep into sin well it's unfair and i deserve this for me you know i'm beautiful i'm handsome and form and this is just being wasted this should not be wasted i'm just gonna go and you know what i know god wants to bless me with this but instead he said as she pursued him why should i sin against my god and a false charge came against him and that's how he ended up in prison and he was tested in that time but listen he was also being prepared in that time and let's remember as it says there in scriptures there in second corinthians four seventeen, our light affliction which is but for a moment is working a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory give thanks to god even in the trials because god is working a work in our lives in those things we know eventually he got released because God gave him a gift of interpreting prophetic dreams. I remember he interprets the dream of the butler and the baker and then they forget. And then Pharaoh has a dreams of skinny cows and fat cows and skinny corns and fat corns and the skinny corns eat up the fat corns. And God gives Joseph the interpretation, seven years of abundance, seven years of famine. And then Joseph just starts counseling them what to do. And Pharaoh says, we need someone to oversee all this. You're the guy. And think about that. Again, he goes from working in the prison as a prisoner overnight as it says here to be second in charge over all of pharaoh's house and possessions to bind and to teach god's faithful to his covenants amen quickly here 23 it says israel also came into egypt and jacob dwelt in the land of ham or canaan and increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies and turned their heart to hate the, his people to deal craftily with his servants. And he sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. So again, we know that famine came. We know Jacob's still up north. We know they're running out of food. He sends his son down to get some food in Egypt. And we know Joseph recognizes his brothers, but they don't recognize him because he is dressed like an Egyptian shaven and all that probably had the eyeliner on the whole thing that we see in the hieroglyphics you know what not probably doing this stuff but he hadn't forgotten his god and we know there's like there's like five four five you know three four chapters where jacob's just messing with these guys you know just 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 trying to figure out where they are now and so forth and finally he reveals that he's their brother 
And they go and they tell Jacob, who loved his son, who'd been mourning all this time, your brother's, your son's alive. And he said, it's enough if I just see my son. But then along the way, we read there in Genesis 45, 3, that God says, I'm the God of your father. And listen, you can go down to Egypt, settle down there. I'm going to multiply you there. Then I'm going to bring you out. And we know God would multiply them over about 450 years there in Egypt. And he would do it through much of that time then being oppressed and being subjected to slavery. But gloriously in this, what his brothers meant for evil against him, God meant it for good. God's faithful in his covenants. Maybe you're going through a trial day and you're like, it's not fair, it's not fair. Is not God faithful to his covenants this morning? Awesomely, he even used it for good of those brothers that had a faith but were walking in carnality, which is crazy that he would bring them all down there and even use their wickedness for good now this is an encouragement to do wicked things and say well god will work it all out it's not that because listen they were taken through the woodshed along the way even having to be with their father with you know seeing his spirits just crushed for all those years it seems as you read there's just no sense of joy even in that home for all those years with all those brothers because of what they had done to Joseph. But God in his goodness brought them finally to a place where there was a repentance there in scripture and God even worked it all for their good, Romans eight twenty eight, to multiply them all down there in Egypt to become a mighty nation. And again, they begin to flourish down there and the Egyptians begin to worry saying they're gonna overtake us. So they subjected them to slavery And then as they hardened their heart against the people of God, which if they would have blessed them, they would have been blessed. Instead, they cursed them and they were given over to wickedness. And it says they dealt with them craftily, or you could even say witchcraftedly with his servants, because remember they told the the maid servants to go. And when it's a baby boy born, you need to kill him. Kill him so they don't multiply. But they feared God and they refused to do it. And it says, God blessed them. They stood up and they said, we're not, we're gonna stand up against the giant of Egypt. We will not do this. We fear God over you. Boy, we need to take that stance today in so many areas. Go back and read that in Exodus 1. They feared God and God provided for them. God always will provide for his people. And so what did they do? They said, then we're going to toss the babies into the Nile. That's a very wicked thing. The more they oppressed Israel, the more that they grew. And we know even out of that, what did God do? He brought forth Moses. His parents had faith and they said, we're not going to throw our child in the Nile. We're going to build an ark and we're going to float him down the Nile. <laughs> we talked a little about this on Wednesday night. We know that Pharaoh's daughter saw that baby and she had compassion and took it. And we talked about so why it's so important to get truth out there when it comes to life and conception and babies in the womb because truth sets people free listen there's so many people who saved their baby because they saw a sonogram or they got an education or they got a 3d card from the refuge church foyer that shows that baby there and all their features and so forth just at a very early 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 age truth sets people free and jesus christ the truth sets people free from sin and he forgives he's the giver of life and so absolutely out of that as it says here god raised up moses we know moses was raised in pharaoh's house he knew as well he was an israeli 
and then he chose the sufferings of the Lord over the, pre- the, the passing pleasures of Egypt. We know he was driven in the wilderness for another 40 years. And in 80, God called him out of that wilderness to go deliver Israel. He says, well, I can't even talk. He says, well, your brother will help you. And then notice 27 through 36, Moses had gone into Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Pharaoh refused and Egypt got wrecked. Notice 27 through 36, and I won't comment a lot on this. They performed his sign among them and his wonders in the land of Ham. And he sent darkness and made it dark down there in Egypt. And he did, and he did not rebel against his word. He turned their waters into blood and killed their fish. And the land abounded with frogs, even in the chamber of the kings. He spoke and there came swarms of flies and lice in all their territory. And he gave them hell for rain, a flaming fire in their land. He struck their vines also and their fig trees. He splintered the trees in their territory. He spoke and locusts came, young locusts without number, and ate up all the vegetation in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He also destroyed the firstborn of the land, the first of all of their strength. In Exodus, you can read about all the details of this. We know eventually God delivered Israel through the blood of a lamb. He said, each of you take a lamb in your household, sacrifice that lamb. They would eat that lamb, but they would take the blood and they would put it over their doorpost. Look, they knew they were sinners. They needed a sacrifice for their sin. An angel of death came through. When the angel saw that blood, he would pass over them. That's a picture of the Savior. They left Egypt through that shed blood of a lamb. We get forgiven and made right with God through the shed blood of the lamb. We're passed over because we are seen through the perfect life of Jesus Christ. We also know you reap what you sow and all of that sowing of wickedness there in Egypt, it was reaped as listen they didn't put trust in that blood of the lamb and they lost their firstborn god's books are always balanced in these things that's why you want to come to jesus and get them books forgiven and get those books washed it's a very much similar picture of what the great tribulation will be that again as israel was delivered in that time through all those plagues we read of all these plagues in the great tribulation and really it pretty much centers around israel coming to faith in the lord and god being faithful to his covenant with her and messiah the king ruling over her for a thousand years in the tribulation where we'll rule and reign with the lord 37 and 38 he also brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribes egypt was glad when they departed for the fear of them had fallen upon them listen they didn't steal from egypt they got back wages when they left all those years they were robbed god's books always get balanced and the egyptians when they were finally gone they rejoiced in fact they had been begging pharaoh just get rid of them let them go let them go look what's happening I'll tell you, the Lord's coming for his church one day and this world's gonna be glad when we're gone. They're gonna say peace and safety, but sudden destruction is gonna come upon them. 39 through 41, and he spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The people asked and he brought quail and satisfied them with bread of heaven or manna. He opened the rock and water gushed out and it rained in dry places like a river. And what's amazing about this is God provided them provided for them 40 years in the desert when really their lack of faith kept them 40 years in the desert. God's faithful to his covenants. He provides for his people. 
42 through 45. You didn't think we were going to make it, and we're going to make it. We're about to cross the finish line here. Notice, for he remembers his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. And he brought out his people with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. Again, God remembers his word, his people. Let's remember God and his word, amen? And listen, he brings people out with joy. There's great rejoicing in heaven when one sinner gets saved. He even takes joy seeing us through trials, through tribulations, especially when, again, we walk with him in those things. It is a good thing to walk with the Lord in tribulation or trial. It's a glorious thing to be able even to do such a thing. 44, he gave them lands of the Gentiles and they inherited the labor of the nations. Remember, they went in and as God deed them to that land, they took it and homes were built and wells were there and vineyards were planted and so forth. Through Joshua, the inherit of that land and through Jesus, we inherit life and every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And why did he do all this? That they would just go and live like the people that they're before sacrificing to demons and so forth? no but that they might observe his statutes, keep his laws, and notice, praise the Lord. And so again, he's delivered us that we would walk with him. They'd walk in what he's called us to walk in. And listen, that's always to our benefit and always to the glory of God. Can we say, praise the Lord together? Praise the Lord. Let's stand up and we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we bless you today. We praise you. We give you glory. Oh, Lord, let us be found a people abounding and giving you thanksgiving. We thank you that you're faithful to us. We thank you that you remember, Lord, your people. You remember your word. You remember your covenants. I thank you, Lord, that you are patient and you are long-suffering, Lord. Lord, I read your word and I can identify with Abraham, Lord, there's been so many times when I've made a fullest decision only to make the same fullest decision down the road. Oh God, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. Lord, we wanna learn from those things, God, to again abound in you all the more, to say, listen, not a third time, but if there's a third time, we say, well, not a fourth time. I'm gonna keep looking to the Lord as God is faithful to us and so good to us. Listen, if you're here and you haven't called upon the name of Jesus, today's the day of salvation. It is so true, our sin separates us from God, but Jesus, he paid the penalty of our sins upon the cross. It's only through him that you can have forgiveness and right relationship with God Almighty. And it's beautiful because the Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, call upon the Lord. Let him meet you where you're at even right now. Let him wash you and minister to you and do what only he can do. Humble your heart before the Lord. Lord, we want to finish well now. We want to lift our voice to you. We want to give you thanks and praise. Help us to do that. We ask this in Jesus' name and we said together, amen. Come let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at his feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great Break every chain, oh God.
have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. Oh, hero heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive you break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things Above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive. You break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God. You have done great things. You have done great things. Oh God, you do great things. Amen? Amen. Indeed. Indeed, it does great, great things. Well, I pray you have a wonderful day in the Lord. Encourage you to encourage others and uh, build up one another. And again, I just pray God richly shines his face on you. God bless you. How you doing?